We can I got to get out of New Jersey, dude. I want to move south. Hey, move down here and buy Zach Brown's distillery. Let's let's roll. I'm not dealing with the county. Forget that. Yeah, Jersey. <laughs> Jersey's hard enough to deal with. <laughs> right, Jersey's hard enough to deal with. I know. That's why I want. It's just oh, it's terrible. I got, creek, I got a creek in my backyard, and that's about all you need for a still. <laughs> no, Bob. Yeah, dude. That's all we need. I got a creek. What, what else do you need other than a creek to make a still? Bob, fall yeah. back to sleep. Fall back asleep. What else do you uh, need? Fire. <laughs> I, hey, I've seen that moonshiner show on the History Channel. All they ever need is a creek and a little old copper thing, and they make all the shine they need. Right. That's awesome. Like a rubber hose. <laughs> yeah. Bob's not that smart. <laughs> I'm ready when you are. Welcome back to another episode of BS and Bourbon, everyone. I'm Bob, and as always, I have the world-renowned barrel picker, self-proclaimed. No, 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 no. I, I did. I never said it. I was called that. I can't. No, hey, it's not my fault. I'm a celebrity, and you're a barrel picker. It's okay. You're not a celebrity. I promise you. <laughs> flannel, and, uh, flannel anonymous. That's your new club, Flannel Anonymous. Hey, all I know is I've been watching Yellowstone, and mm -hmm. I know where I fit in. Okay? <laughs> yeah, at the bottom of that damn hill where they dump the bodies, you keep talking your shit. <laughs> I could walk into the Yellowstone and be a part of that set tomorrow. No, they would put you out in the pasture. <laughs> I got enough flannel. I got a cowboy hat. I'll fit right on in. <laughs> no, you won't, Bob. You're, you're twice the size of any of them. <laughs> no, I'm not. There are some big old boys on that show. You will stick out like a sore thumb, I promise. You need to go back to season one. There's some big old boys on that show. If y'all don't know, I do wear a lot of flannel. I've been known, especially come fall time. 78. Summer. He has 78 flannel shirts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's a little exaggeration. But they're warm. It's like wearing a blanket. You know, go on. As much as you sweat, as much as you sweat, you don't need no damn blanket. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, well, guys, moving on, we've got some great folks with us tonight from Penelope Bourbon. We've got Michael, and we've got Danny. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, Excited thank you for here. having us. Drink some bourbon. Yeah. yeah, we're here to drink a little bit of bourbon tonight. We're starting Bourbon Heritage Month. It's day three, and so I think James and I's choice for day three was Penelope. A little bit different, James probably went with the barrel proof because that's the bottle he kept. <laughs> And I have the Penelope bourbon four grain, and um, I've got some kind of questions for it. But uh, Michael and Danny kind of want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, what your role is with the company, where you're at now, you know, business plan model, you know, share social security numbers, you know, tax ID numbers too, you know, whatever you feel comfortable uh, going to the, the general public. Salary uh, after yeah. taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so we have maybe meeting. two or three listeners, you know, just for them. Yeah, yeah, we'll work through the bank account. So we're going to get into that right at the end. We'll keep it a cliffhanger yeah. um, for those that are listening through. Uh, Mike Palladini, I'm, I'm the father to, uh, to the little uh, nugget Penelope, my two year old. And yeah, yeah just uh, I'm a bourbon drinker and a bourbon lover. 
And uh, Danny was Danny's next door neighbor growing up. That's how we knew each other. I'm Danny Felici. I guess that makes me the honorary godfather of Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I knew Mike for a long time and uh, I'm a co-founder with Mike. All right, and so yeah, so I'm drinking this Penelope, Penelope bourbon tonight. It's an 80 proof or four grain. And some of our listeners, I, th I feel like our listeners are a little bit more educated bourbon wise. I don't think we have to go into the super basics. You know, some people don't know that I can only think of one other company right now doing a four grain product. You're going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah, what like are you thinking? Koval? Koval. There's like, a, I think it's AH yeah. Laws has one. Jeff the Creed is a four grain. There's a few. There's a, I think they, Taylor's they got have a, a special release four grain, four grain, or is it a normal release four grain? The normal one we tasted. But it's a blend of the typical grains, corn, rye, wheat, and malted barley. But y'all actually don't blend the four grains. You blend four different or three different mash bills, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Blend of three mashes, yep, from MGP. Yeah, and even like kind of even backing up, I mean, when we had started this, you know, we like, I, I mean, I'm from the mattress business. I'm like a mattress, you know, I know mattresses inside and out, foam, inner spring, pocketed coil, you name it. I can go, like, we, we got that in. And, and, you know, Danny was a mechanical engineer. Um, so really kind of two different uh, traits, you know, skill sets. And, you know, from, from our side, when we had started this, we, we kind of, you know, you want to have like a, 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 like at least like a viable kind of go to market, like, you know, basically, there's a lot of bourbons out there, right? Mm -hmm. And and if and when you look at the when you look at the shelves and you look at what's out there, you, you know, we really just wanted to identify like kind of an area that we felt was maybe uh, underserved from uh, from a product perspective. And you know, look, it's named after my daughter. Like I was, you know, it took us you know a while to have children, and so when we finally did. I you know it was you know had a little bit of a had a little bit of a softer side to me, especially because I was having a girl. And, you know, when I started look, you know, really looking at the market, I, I said, you know, God, it's interesting. All the, most of the bourbons are mid nineties and they're continually creeping up. You know, I think barrel strengths, you know, you keep getting hot, higher and higher and higher. And I just, you know, I think we just saw a void um, in the 80 proof category. And I'm, and I'm saying like from a, from a proof perspective, we saw that there was like a little bit of a, of an area of um, opening in 80 proof and in particular with Basil Hayden. Um, so, you know, from our side, I said, well, why don't we come out? We'll, we'll have our flagship be a little bit, you know, uh, easier drinking, a nice sip. We'll, uh, and we'll try to kind of go kind of head to toe and try to take some of that Basil Hayden market share, um, especially if, you know, we can, you know, make it, uh, make the taste profile good, have a, have a competitive price point. Because I, you know, for us the, with this particular product, it was about, you know, there's a lot of people that drink vodka that aren't even in bourbon. There's a lot of younger folks that are just getting into bourbon and, you know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need to jump into, you know, hundred proof cast strength. It's, you know, so we kind of wanted to make something that was a launching point for, uh, for a lot of new bourbon drinkers. And let's, 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 let's go back one more step. You, let's you go. Avoid in, in the 80 proof market. Where did the idea to fill that void with a four grain product come in? You want to take it, Danny? That was more just yeah. like us shooting the shit at MGP. I think uh, I think Mike Mike's idea about the eighty came before the four grain. So when I think uh, Mike basically cold called MGP Distillery and and set up a meeting with them, like and I called the switchboard. It was like right. <laughs> MGP, how may I transfer your call? I'm like, uh, I want to buy barrels. 
<laughs> I have some money that yeah, I want to spend yeah, yeah. it with you. <laughs> so Mike and I are talking. He's like, you want to come? You want to come down? I said, I said, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So we went down. We walk in, and it, it, it's literally just a table full of barrel samples. There must have been 100, right, Mike? And we were overwhelmed, right? And they just basically put us in a room and we're like, figure out what product you want to, you know, do. Like, figure out what mash bills you want. And we're just tasting through, tasting through. And we were just going single mash bill by single mash bill. And nothing was really striking a chord with us that, like, between the two of us. And uh, I was kind of headed in, like, the weeded direction. And I love the 99% corn mash bill that comes out of MGP, like, especially when it's got a couple of years on it. Mike was like headed in the rye direction and I wasn't a really big rye drinker. And at some point we just decided to start mingling them together, right? So we start blending these different MGP mash bills. And I think Mike, you put it together and, and you're like, try this. And I try it and we look at each other. We're like, oh shit, that's good. That's real good. And it was, it came out to be a total four grain mash bill. And then at 80 proof, the four grains give it this unique taste profile that really jump out, you know, unlike like a straight corn or, you know, like a, like a corn rye blend at 80 proof, the, the four grains kind of make it happen at 80 proof and, and, and it comes out. And then from yeah. there, we thought we were just drunk and we didn't know if we liked, if there was actually a, a, a winner. And then uh, the next day we tasted it again and we were like, that's it. And it just kind of a light bulb went off and we, we came up with the blend. Yeah. And I mean, like, and we were not like, we were just like, we didn't know any, I mean, we were so green. I mean, I, like, I, I don't even think I've ever, I've ever been to a, like a distillery in Kentucky. I mean, I've been to like a vineyard and did like wine tasting, but we were, I mean, it was that green. We were just bourbon drink, like avid bourbon. We love bourbon, but we've, you know, we really didn't know anything about the industry. And, uh, you know, for us, that was, uh, that was for us, that was a tough, you know, you know, it was just a, it was a really interesting moment, but I think we did, we were just completely looking at it from a consumer perspective. Like, do we like the taste? Yes or no. And then, and then kind of moving on from there. Like, can then, we drink it? Will we drink it? You know, is it something yeah, that we like personally? Mike and I have really different tastes, you know, palates and we both love it. And MGP has been great. We like, I love MGP. They've been a great partner of ours from the beginning, just mentors, but also great partners. And, and basically they, uh, you know, I think what they did is they're the ones that called out when we were going through it. They're like, oh, that's interesting because when you do that, that's a four grain. And, you know, it took me a little while to realize this, but folks that follow MGP, they know they don't have a four grain skew. They don't have a four grain mash out of the box. And, you know, they have, well, they're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's a good, that's a unique point. Um, and so we kind of just were like, all right, well, let's get the sample in a week. And if we like it in a week, we'll just start moving on then let's let's like kind of build off of that what age were they at when you were tasting them we uh, they were they were all over the place so we were looking at two three four five i think they went up to 11 year um i'll be but uh, for us like we i knew going into this that i wanted this to be like a low 30s on the retail shelf like no more than 34.99 um, yeah. so i i didn't even and, and a lot of the more the age stuff like we didn't even get into it because uh, like for us, like, I mean, we were buying six, we were looking at buying six barrels. Now, I didn't, I didn't lead with that because the conversation might not have been like, I think they were thinking like, oh, these guys are coming in here, 200 barrels. And I was kind of like, eh, look at a couple hundred, you know, dropping subtle hit. And then at the end, you know, we only wanted to do a very small run because 
we envision envisioned a ton of issues on the supply chain. Like, will the caps fit? Will the labels fit? You know, what will this taste good coming out of the bottle? So we knew we didn't want to do a lot. It was going to be a, like a beta run almost. So I mean, we run into that when we pick barrels. So we've picked twenty to twenty-five barrels now, Bob. You and I together. So I mean, we have different tastes. Bob likes finished bourbons. I typically don't. Um, he likes a little bit more bite than I do. And and when we when we are sitting there together and we pick a barrel and it and we both love it, we know everybody's going to like that barrel. And so far, it's 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 hit ringers every time we we've, we've agreed on something. We kind of feel what y'all are talking about there with that. Well, yeah, I would expect that from the number one barrel picker in the world. Yeah, right. I mean, world renowned. I didn't say number one. Now. I said world renowned. That just means I'm known. <laughs> we for some. Now, so what happened? The, the reason I was named that is is we had a eagle rare. Pick. It was a leave in the morning, come back in the afternoon, one day thing. So. Me, Bob, and Daniel at Cork and Keg, and Tommy at Cork and Keg were going. Well, Tommy got sick. So Bob was have just had a newborn, and his wife said, you can't go because he's sick. You could get him sick. So it was me and Daniel. And it, the world-renowned barrel picker started, and Daniel said, hey, I'm just glad I got my world-renowned barrel picker with me. And that's where it started, Bob Little. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. And I'm looking at the back of the bottle and, and tasting notes. We'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. I, I don't know. Do y'all have 80 proof y'all can drink? Um, yeah, I got it. I got it uh, right here. Look at that. Well, one of the things that stood out to me, there were two things that stood out to me. Number one was that this is all non-chill filtered. Mm-hmm. And most people will respect that nowadays, I believe. There's there's that big argument. Does it change the taste? Does it not change the taste? Did y'all big time. Big time. do an experiment? Uh, we did a lot of different, not, we didn't go down the full route of doing a chill filtration test, but we went like we did the, at one of our bottlers in the beginning, we did like a, like a workaround, like kind of like, basically this is what it will taste like. So it wasn't exactly yeah. chill filtration. And it, I mean, it just, especially at 80 proof, it's going to peel it out. It's going to, uh, it's going to really like, I put it this way. We, I didn't care if it had a little flock or haze because I just cared more about the taste. But the other thing that you put you you put on the back, so it had to really mean something. First steps. Yeah. So yeah. Talk, talk to me about that and why why are you calling this first steps and what's the plan? No, you know it's funny. Like, and you'll see, like our you know our uh, our back. I'll call it our back label strategy mm-hmm. has been if you if you see a bunch of bottles from batch one, from batch two, from batch three. It's just like, eh, we're still figuring out what's our identity from like a back label perspective. I think now, I think going into the, the holiday season this year, we, I think going into 2021, we have like a very crystal clear product strategy, how we're going to handle like barrel strength, 80 new releases, uh, single barrels, things like that. But like, you know, for us, I first steps, you know, there was some symbolism with it because obviously Penelope was just taking her first steps, first steps. But there's also for us, like, you know, we're new to the business. I think even our palates like have co- completely evolved and like, you know, matured since we've gotten into this. Um, I think it matures when you're like drinking like barrel strength at like nine in the morning on the bottling line doing quality assurance. You're like, yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit better at it. So we, uh, yeah, it was really just, it was kind of like symbolic of where Penelope was at. Danny had a, Danny has a newborn son, Cooper, that's the same age going through the exact same thing us as a business taking first steps, 80 yeah. proof first steps, meaning like this is a good entry point for folks drinking it. I remember when you, when you came up with that and we were literally on the phone 
kind of talking through back label stuff we were doing we were doing that batch at castle and key and we were you know we had to release the labels that week and it was like hey you know we want to put anything different on the back label and i mean penelope was literally like walking by you and you were like oh penelope started walking like this week and and then you were like first steps and like mike said it was just symbolic of where we were at the time in the company in his personal life even our first run literally was like a week before or a week after penelope was born like yeah. you were running out of the hospital room like sneaking phone calls with me like yeah. like okay did the did the barrels move like yeah both of our wives hate us yeah they hate it. like it's like there's no question about that starting a business when your kids are this song that wasn't uh yeah. that was a little tricky to say the least even even when you take them with you, I, I listened to the dad's episode and, and you talked about taking your wives with you. Did it change their perspective? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the big thing was, and I kind of told this to Danny. I said, look, this is like, we're getting into this and this is going to be it. We're going to be living and breathing this 24-7 for many, many years. Like this, you started, this is it. You got to be, and that's why it's like, if you're going to start a business, you better be freaking passionate about the product that you're selling yeah. um and i'm not just saying even like i i had to really like our bourbon but i you know it starts with like i like bourbon so let's start there and then okay i like this product because if it's not it's like you you get burned out and it's not even enjoyable anymore but um yeah and like you know john john from the dads he was uh he he kind of threw that idea out there like dude don't be afraid to to kind of bring that into the mix from the back label perspective and uh we're still thinking through that overall strategy but to answer your question, we, I was like, I got to get Carrie so ingrained and so excited about this because if she's not on the, she's not on the board, it's, that's going to be a really slippery slope to try to build a business, raise a newborn, yeah. you know, and all the other bullshit that comes with life, you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, this is Absolutely. the stuff we're up against. I, and I remember Danny, I told you, I go bring Candace down to the bottling run because it's good because it, Castle, Kentucky is a beautiful state. There, yeah. It's rolling hills. There's horses. The, the, the Castle Key is gorgeous. It's just a Louisville is a great city. I mean, it's just fun. You know, Lexington's beautiful. So when we did that, that's that's when we were like, yeah. they're, they're on board. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, we were supposed to spend the whole weekend down in Louisville and all yeah. that. And then COVID hit. <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've seen that with the podcast. My wife doesn't drink bourbon. Bob's wife drinks very little. She's involved in, in stickering our picks, uh, waxing our picks. I took her on a pick with me. You know, yeah. my wife has picked a Russell Reserve and Bob hasn't. So, <laughs> you know, and, and that that's opened her eyes and she kind of understands a little bit more. She's involved in the group. She'll post funny pictures of me that I have to go delete right quick before anybody sees them, but you know, that's helped us out a lot with our, our podcast because it, it is time consuming, you know, there's yeah. a behind the scene. I mean, I mean, Bob wouldn't know anything about it, but <laughs> you know, there's a lot of work behind the scenes <laughs> to make this happen. So I, 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 I knew that I knew that we're kind of in the same kind of thing. Cause we both have young kids. You're doing it on selling and, and making bourbon and we're doing it on promoting and, and making a show. So. Mm-hmm. But you're building content, building content is the hardest thing in the book. Yes. Yeah. That's what we struggle with the most is content. It's not easy. No, content is hard. I know I've turned a lot of, of people when I've been in the store. Uh, of, of course, we go to our store picks first. Uh, we talk about them. 
and I don't work there. I just, I go and I'll, I'll hang out on Friday afternoons and, you know, people will meet me and they get bottles or something else. So, you know, this has been, especially after I tasted it, it's been one of the ones that I point them to. It's, it, 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 it really surprised me, but I shouldn't have been so surprised because a lot of these two to three year bourbons right now are very, very good and they're getting better and better. Five years ago, you'd heard of a three-year bourbon. Nobody wanted it. But that that's changing because of MGP, Castle and Key. A lot of places are, are helping move that along. So that's, that's a great thing for you guys. No, I was going to say the, the blend really uh, brings it together at that age. And, you know, like individually, they're very good mash bills individual. But, you know, like when you bring them together, it really like it really comes forward. And, you know, like, yes, it's a, it's a three-year uh, statement, but I mean, it can, it, it's up there with some like eight, nine, 10 year stuff that's out there. Yeah, a matter of blending, blending is so important for us. And that was like a really, uh, we, that was a blind spot for us when we first got into the, into the whole thing. And we can talk about that uh, a little later, but you know, it's really important to what we do. Well, I want to come back and touch on the finishing because that's something y'all are pretty passionate about. And before we hit record, y'all, were, y'all have some great things. So I hope we can recap that. But you mentioned, uh, Michael, single barrels. Mm-hmm. And that is something that James and I are very passionate about. Mm-hmm. And Danny, you're talking about the blend. So let's talk about how you're going to mash a single barrel program and the blending. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we're still thinking about it, to be honest with you. So this is... Uh, I think, this you've, is already an- I think you've already that? answered it. I think you've already answered it. When Danny said, man, we tried some of this 99% corn, it was really good. That is the... In my opinion, that is the hitting gem in bourbon. People don't realize that a 99% corn can can taste that good. So much flavor. And it be 140 proof. So that's <laughs> thing, But anyway, carry on. <laughs> we might just take it's that crazy. out. We've gone a lot of corn bourbon. <laughs> no, we've got, I mean, even the rye, like, and I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what we're, what we're thinking on that front. But, uh, you know, so there's a couple of things. I think uh, number one is we were still like, you know, we're, we're still very young. We felt like literally this is actually, you know, this is our first calendar year in business. Now we did launch last year, but this will be a first January through December, 2020. Um, so we're still really new. And, uh, you know, as we're only in, you know, we're only in so many markets. And so, you know, even releasing new products when you're entering new markets, like how do you manage that? And so there, there's like a slippery slope a little bit, but at the end of the day, the number one thing we get requests for from our, not, not necessarily from our, from the consumers, we hear it a lot, but really from the retailers. So, you know, and I think it's a great way to, you know, for, for folks to be involved in the process, whether it's picking or differentiating themselves from other folks, um, from other, uh, you know, stores that are close by. And there's, it's just part of the process. So it's been our number, probably our number one request. And we were like, shit, well, how do we do it? You know, and it's, Look, at the end of the day, we're we're a blend of three barrels. So we're taking corn, rye, and wheat, and we got to use three. And so it was always a little, it, we just never, it never really clicked for us. And when COVID hit, uh, I think we kind of were like, all right, well, we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I, you, if we, I mean, if you were to tell me in March, you're like, you're, you may be out of business in June. I, I would have not, I mean, I could have been, I would have been like, I could see that. Because, you know, when you had, you, we were so reliant on tastings and all this other stuff, when you have to just sit there and can do nothing, and you're hoping on you're, you're going to keep going on set, like sell-throughs, people, you know, 
especially in the markets we've been in. So we've been, we were grinding in Jersey for, uh, you know, for a while, hanging out a lot of different uh, in-store tastings and it helped. When we, when it came to the COVID, we had a lot of time. We we're like, well, our warehouse is like, like a former, like chemical factory. It's not big. It's, it's a very small, it's a small little thing. Like, we yeah, it was an alcohol up. processing facility. Yeah, it was perfect. So we, we were actually able to get our DSP. Well, Danny did all the paperwork, cranked it out. We got our DSP and our rectifying and blending permit in New Jersey. New Jersey's like insanely difficult. They make it just like, and I'll be honest, the one thing we wanted to do is it's really tricky doing a single barrel when you're contracting out your bottling. So when you're outsourcing bottling, and these are small projects, 30, 30 cases, 30 cases, 25 cases, you, it's really a trick, uh, really tough from a, from a cost perspective, from a time perspective. And, and most of the bottlers don't want to do it either. So we were like, we got to set up shops here. We don't want to distill. We love finding great barrels. We love MGP. Maybe there's some other folks we'll find down the line, but we got to be able to do this in-house. And that's when we can really ramp it up. Yeah, really, I think for us, what we decided was we couldn't sort our heads around the step one was get the permits ready to go. We could do it in-house. But step two was let's, let's build like a, a bottle. Let's build the package of what it could look like, but maybe we'll try it by calling it like a private select. And so we'll, for the first kind of wave of this kind of brand, um, we wanted, we said, all right, well, let's go out and let's get four year mashes of our, of our, you know, let's get four year age statements on the mashes we use. So we'll get the 21% rye, the 99 corn, the, um, and the 45 wheat four year. We'll put together a little fun blending kits and let, you know, let folks create their own blend of Penelope. And so that was that. That's kind of what we've had in the works as the first step um, towards moving into, you know, potentially moving into a single barrel program. And Danny, I've been, I feel like I've been just rambling. If you want to go and talk about how we're looking at barrels and carving out certain barrels for single barrels for future use. No, I think you were just stepping on something that's like, so that was actually, it was really eye-opening for, for me over the last year was the difference between blending barrels and single barrels. You know, like when, like Mike said, when we, when we first did this private blend program, we selected these barrels that were delicious. They were, you know, like we, we found these barrels, they were, they were absolutely delicious. And then we wanted to blend them together. And the barrels on their own were like simply delicious. They were three, four year barrels. Um, and they tasted like, like they'd, you know, been aging forever. We found out when we put them together, they didn't taste good. You know, it's like they, they weren't really blending well together in our typical mash blend. Like when we did the second phase of our blend program, we actually had to select barrels and kind of like take a blind eye to like the barrels that were actually single barrels and not blend barrels. Because these barrels, when they did go together, were delicious, mm -hmm. were better than any single barrel, but they weren't single barrels. You know, like, so it, it's just like there's so many different barrels out there and the you know like uh, a three-year 99 percent corn barrel they're not all equal they're all way different and um depending on your use you just have to find uh the right barrel for that use is it a single barrel all right then your mission is totally different than if it's a if you're going to use it to blend and is it going into a 50 barrel blend or is it going into a six barrel blend you know so like you you really have to like profile these barrels out and, and and figure out what the best use for that barrel is so that was something that we learned you know this sure. year. 
<laughs> we're learning every time here and, and we're really like honing in on that and uh, i think that's why like our batches are continually like little improvements of ourselves especially the cast strength shit that first batch we always do a beta but that first batch same age as batch four and it was scalding hot screeching hot and if you you blend it incorrectly or the, the timing of the dump with the bottle i mean you especially when it's younger like that two to three year i mean that thing could be so scalding hot um and i think we've got a really good process for how we we you know we can kind of work through that it took a little while yeah, a little stuff how long do you let it sit together before you put it in the bottle like uh what temperature are, are you keeping the barrels out? You don't want to leave them in a cold warehouse and then bring them into the facility and then dump them. Type of filtration network, like uh, not like chill filtration, but like, you know, just regular like stuff like that. You know, there's a lot that, that really affects the, the taste of this stuff, you know, beyond just what the, you know, beyond what the mash bill is and how it comes out of the still. Well said, Danny, well said. <laughs> because I was going to get into, you know, uh, James and I had our first experience doing a blend with makers, mm-hmm. you know, where you pick the staves and boy, that was an experience. I mean, I think James, we made it to what blend number nine. Whose we blend was it? The one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were, we were our nice blend in. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And since then we have done, because Sagamore, are y'all familiar with Sagamore? Yeah, yeah, we I know them real well. Uh, we just picked our second and third barrel from them. And oh, nice. Theirs, theirs is more of a blend, too, because they use a blend of two different MGP ryes in their final product. And then we just did a blend of Heaven's Door. Bob Dylan, Mr. Yeah. Tambourine Man. Which is, which is almost, it kind of reminds me of what y'all were talking about, because it was three different products, James? Yep. And, and you blend them and there's certain, there's kind of some kind of restrictions on what you can and can't do with the blends. So it kind of sounds like y'all are trying to do a, a blend somewhere in that spectrum. Well, yeah. And I, you know, for us, we kind of go back and forth. It's like, we're, you know, and the, the blending is very core to who we are. We are, because we're a blend and it's like, you know, if we can give folks the ability, but the one thing about ours, and, and this was just, we did a couple, and this is as a, we call them beta, like trying to figure out like, let's see how it works. How do we improve it? So that if we're going to launch it full on next year, you know, we got to be able to offer it out to everybody in Georgia, offer it out to everybody in Tennessee, New Jersey, New York, all the states we're in. So, yeah, we've just been thinking through it. And uh, I, the one thing I liked about ours, at least the, the, the ones that we were doing this year, is there's it's no holds bar. Look, if you don't like the weed, don't put the weed in there. <laughs> like, well no we had there yeah we didn't it, that didn't come to that but we actually on the label we don't even um it doesn't say four grain on our private select label we got to talk with corking keg we got to get a penelope private select in georgia sorry what was that again have you all been down here to a liquor store in georgia yet no, no not yet no so, so the big thing down here is we cannot taste i know i heard that's changing though maybe next year maybe so but you go to Tarak, and, and Tarak can, can taste a little bit. <laughs> it has a few things of which you make, you can sample. No, it'd be great if that could change in Georgia. But I'm excited that y'all are doing a, a single barrel or a barrel select or program select, whatever you want to call it. James, look at all that. Look at all that real estate for a sticker, man. I, mean, oh, I know, dude. Show them the back. Show them the, show them the label again, Danny. Show them that little thing. You know, because what? Like, look. So look at that. To see see this. 
So like the store name or whoever blended it, you know, goes here. And then the back, show them the back, how we do the breakdown. And then the, the breakdown here blend goes on the back label and just says, you know, which, which mash bell percentages did you use? I got to find somewhere to put my stickers. We'll get that sticker on there. You put that sticker wherever you want. <laughs> you get that sticker wherever you want. Cover that thing in stickers. But uh, yeah, you know, for us, it was nice because it's like now you have the bones. But, you know, if that that's going to be that just getting that product ready. So yeah. then when we if for so for so then I could go and for for all of our markets now in early January, I could go who wants to do it? Because I want to, you want to offer you. I don't. I never. I you know. I I, I like to avoid confrontation. So if I know in advance, we've got a lot of folks that want to do it. We can adequate. We can really prepare for it and do it. You know the right way. And especially now that we've done these these tests, like getting these first initial ones, we worked out some of the kinks and I think we'll be ready to rock. Organ gang. <laughs> yeah, baby. I love it, man. Heck yeah. A hundred percent. So where can they find you? Michael, Danny, y'all uh, individual on Facebook, Instagram? At Penelope Bourbon is our, is our Instagram. We got PenelopeBourbon.com. Um, Facebook, uh, what is it, Dan? I don't even, we don't really use we, Facebook. Facebook. from Instagram over there. But um, Facebook.com slash Penelope Bourbon. Twitter, we don't really use. I haven't really been on Twitter much. Not a big Twitter guy. But um, no, you got TikTok. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm sure my wife does. I think I, I think I set up a TikTok Penelope Bourbon account way back. A lot, of, a lot of rules with TikTok and stuff. We've got um. What, what else we got? Danny, we've got House. What, what imagine that we had the H O House House account. Like the uh, the building site. We got. Uh, that's really it. I mean, that's we just really use Instagram, Facebook, that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we all individually um join our face join the Facebook group. Oh, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so both of you join that, and so it's a BS and Bourbon, the and the ampersand is that what's called Bob, and then uh, us on Instagram BS and Bourbon dot ATL. That's where we're at. I mean, it, we we just that again. what was that last one? It was Instagram was BS and Bourbon dot ATL. So pretty much, I post on that, and then Bob, who is cooler, James or Bob? Like really? What? A, by the way, I'm not even. I'm not even looking. I'm picking the first one. Okay, so I don't want to just. That's James. 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 Bob. And not, that, that was. I. That's ridiculous. It, it used to say, and Bob keeps changing. So it says, "Who's cooler, James?" And it had like three thumbs up, and it says, "Bob sucks. He's a stinky ass Georgia Tech fan that nobody even likes." <laughs> that's really funny, man. Well, then we, we added a moderator, and that jackass went in there and put just only Bob as an option. And I'm like, why is everybody picking Bob? Now I'm going to look, and he's the only option. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, my God. That's so funny, man. But, yeah, join in. If y'all have something coming out, feel free to post it in there. We've got a lot of good bourbon drinkers. Just go through the pages of, of people ta uh, for the 30 days of bourbon. We had more, you know, more people do it than I thought we would. I thought we'd have 10 people do it, you know. We grew, we were right around 150 members for the first, you know, six, eight months. And then all of a sudden, like two months ago, we had 500. Now we're closing in on 800. Wow. It's growing fast. Oh, uh, that's the thing. It's just like good content. That's yeah. what matters. It's good content, good community, good people that will grow. Yeah. When we tried to, we tried to get people more involved. 
that, that's that's a motive. That's enough. You know, you got to be active and posting and make contributing to the group. I mean, we're we're community based. We want we treat it as a big family is what we like to do. So, well, that's awesome, man. In my family, we make fun of people. So that's, that's what we do on BS Bourbon. That's definitely my family. I don't know if we made fun of it. I think we're always yelling at each other. Yeah. <laughs> this is my extended family, my father, my everybody. Everybody's always yelling at me, but in a good way. In a fun kind of Jersey Italian way, I guess you could say. <laughs> I just uh, put on the group. I said, hey. But look, it's, this is what's amazing. Like for us, we get to tell our story and, you know, just connecting with people that maybe have never heard of us before. I mean, we haven't, you know, I think that's what we, this is what we love doing. I think this is the I mean, best part about it, to be honest with you. One of the best parts of it. Yeah. Close her down. I'm going to go take a shower. I stink. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor, yeah. a pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon. And uh, y'all be safe. Yeah, we can't wait. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. It's been awesome. Be good. Bye. 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 Bye.